This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. Today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Mason and David versus the Benchwarmer team of Dan and myself, Josh. Today's game writer and host is a five-timer and an assistant coach to our Patreon team, David Feuder. Uh, welcome back to the bench, David. Uh, please take a minute to remind us about yourself. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, fun to be back here again. This is my second time hosting, but really my first time uh, writing the entire game. So I'm, uh, for better or worse, that's going to be how it is tonight. Um, doing well. The Pitt Panthers are rolling through the ACC schedule. I know that's not going to age well whenever this comes out, but uh, things are pretty good in the future house right now. Wonderful. Uh, Mason, how you doing? Uh, doing all right, I guess. Um, not much entertaining, I guess, going on. Just the, the long grind for the semester. Um, so I think going okay. All right. Any detentions yet? I know that was asked on a previous recording. Uh, I'm in the pr- process of contacting some parents about uh, behavior. So, uh, Spicy. Yeah, it's it's it, it might get to the point where they're going to get possibly an in-school suspension because Ooh. it's getting that bad in class. So, Mr. Lux, now you get to let us know how you're doing and share what your and Mason's team name is going to be. Yeah, I'm good. I uh, had a good experience today. I actually met a bench warmer in person for the first time. I well, sorry, a bench warmer emeritus in person for the first time. Dan had mentioned that he was taking his daughter to see. Uh, a volleyball game at, at Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke. And so I was in the neighborhood and I literally just dropped by and sort of walked in, sat next to Dan and scared the bejesus out of him because I just said, hey, Dan. And he, he turned around like, who the hell are you? And it, wearing a mask and all that, it's obviously hard to tell. But uh, and obviously I'd never met him in person. Which gives you an idea of how many people were actually in that building that he could walk in, find me and just sit down <laughs> next to me. Yeah, it's true. Well, I, I scanned the, I mean, there were probably what, what would you guess? 300 people there. Maybe it wasn't that 300 I mean, is generous. Okay. I, I was counting a hundred for the band alone, but, uh, but yeah, I'm good. It, it was a good day. Uh, and, uh, since I became a bench warmer, just, uh, officially just, I don't know what's it been a month, Josh, I, I sort of lost track, but something like that. I I've been, I've been texting with some old friends and, and a few of them, even though they are completely not sports fans and probably not even trivia fans have started to listen to the podcast. So I was, I was texting a few of them and I said, uh, so what do you think of the podcast? And, and they were giving me breakdown of what they thought of different bench warmers. And I'll, I'll save some of the commentary for other times, but I will tell you what they said about Mason was, and I'll get the quote here. Uh, they said, Mason is always very apologetic and pleasant when he doesn't know something. So based on that, we are going to call ourselves tonight always pleasant when we don't know something, which will, as we know, has, is already Mason's uh, reputation but i will strive to be like mason in this regard so we're going to be always pleasant when we don't know something there's no doubt with your uh false humbleness that uh, you will fit right into that just fine <laughs> anywho um <laughs> enough of busting mr lux's chops i'm doing all right uh don't want to think about football right now so let's just get on to playing some trivia Dan, it uh, sounds like you had a nice afternoon. As nice as of an afternoon as you can have at the Duke campus, but you know, that's <laughs> actually, you know what? I don't, I'm one of the few people that live in this state that really doesn't even have an opinion about Duke. It's, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they're, they're whatever. I mean, the basketball team is, you know, 
excellence for a long time and and i don't have a history of hating them so i they are what they are i don't i don't care that's fine and my daughter likes the volleyball team and you know if she wants to like that team i'll i'll take her up there every once in a while that's no problem I'm cool it's some, some quality time with my daughter it's you know so um we we had a we had a bad football day today the two of us did um, I mean, it's not just today, but today was one of them. It was a Sunday in this season, which meant we had a bad football day um, or sometimes Thursdays or, you know, when do you, when do you start calling the bad football lifetime? Well, that's really, we should call a spade a spade at this point. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we both have a lot of pent up um, anger and disappointment in our team and uh, ready to give up on certain people. And um, so we're, we're going to just very, very discreetly call our team fast. And we went with fragile. Oh, yeah. We're going to go fragile. That's right. Because it, it's a better descriptor. Okay. We're going to call our team very, very discreetly fragile Todd Gurley or any <laughs> any version of I got it of certain initials that go together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've maybe been saying this on our chats and possibly in episodes that are for Patreon, but yeah, no. but we'll just move on from there. If you want to use fat Troy Glouse or uh, fast Tyson Gay, those work too. Sure. Funny Trent Green. Funny Trent Green. Funny yeah. Trent Green. Any, any, any possible things you want to come up with, David, if you want to find enjoy as long as you have the proper three letters that's all that matters you're loud and clear so at this point let's kick it over to dan for the rules we'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams this will be followed by four quarters of play each with a different trivia style the styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show and i will explain them as we go along like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Okay, now I get to stop talking and pass the hosting duties over to David. David, the game is yours. All right, and as we begin, we begin with the coin flip. It's a 50-50 warm-up question worth 10 points. Uh, before the game began, there was an actual coin flip, and it was won by uh, Always Pleasant, who decided to uh, receive, so to speak. So they're going to be answering this question. Which total is higher, Penn State Fiesta Bowl wins or University of Miami Orange Bowl wins? <laughs> I wish we would have deferred. Uh, <laughs> Penn State Fiesta Bowl wins. Wow. Okay. You know, I I'm trying to think of how many times I can even remember that they were in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, the Fiesta Bowl doesn't really have an affiliation with the the Big Ten, right? So no, but there was a time. I mean, I know they went there a few times in the early early to mid '80s. I mean, I'm so I wouldn't be surprised if if they've won five Fiesta Bowls. See, I think I think as with a lot of coin flips, the obvious answer should be Miami in the Orange Bowl. And therefore, right. I'm always because I'm a cynic, I'm always going to try to go for the opposite. And so 
my temptation based on nothing but that is that we go for Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl because I can actually remember four or five of them off the top of my head because they were in there in the, the that was sort of their spot in the mid early to late 80s um so my thought is Fiesta Bowl but for Penn State is that all right with you that's kind of where I was leaning just as counterintuitive like because you yeah. think Miami would beat a lot of orange bowls because of that ACC tie-in but yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't know Penn State even played at a Fiesta Bowl, let alone that many. So if you even have that kind of confidence that they played in a few of them, I'm fine with that. Because that's if if you had just asked me this question, I would have probably went Penn State just because that seems more crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, well, we're going to be pleasant either way, but we're going to check in with uh, with Penn State and Fiesta Bowl. Well, you should feel pleasant right now because the answer was Penn State. They have seven Fiesta Bowl wins. Miami has six Orange Bowl wins. Penn State is 7-0 and all-time in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, nice. Good question. And so heading into the first quarter, we have a score of always pleasant uh, with 10 points. And Fragile Todd Gurley, still yet to get on the board. I think all night I'm going to be thinking about different FTG initials. Well, good. If we got you distracted, that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> like, for, first time, first time Giat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com benchwarmerstp. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be four before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. All right, question one in pre and post game. 2019 Pittsburgh Pirate All-Star and largest hockey arena in the world. All right, we're going to check in. Always Pleasant has checked in. Fat Tony Gonzalez, talk it out. I think the answer to the second part is the bell center or the okay. Centro bell, but I don't think there's a baseball player with the last name Centro. Hopefully not. Um, I mean, that, that place is big. I was thinking it had to be either Montreal or Toronto. Like one of those I was thinking would have had to have been it. But. Yeah. Um, Pirates. Was it Josh bell? Is that name ringing a bell for you? That that's it's tinkling in the back of my head. It sounds like a name I've maybe heard before. I, I don't know for sure, but uh, sure. If it's got, if you have a little inkling. Yeah. Very little. That's better than my no, none other than that name seems familiar. Okay. To some, for some reason, that's all I can give you. We've known this game was coming for like the last three weeks. We both of us should have been studying up on uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh sports. Why have we not done that? <laughs> Except for the wild beat, wild beat the penguins last night. So they we'll, did. Uh, they did. we'll, uh, we'll go with that. We'll, that we'll hold on to that in our cap. Let's just go with that. Go with all right. We'll go. So Josh Bell Center or Josh Bell Centra. We'll, we'll check that in. Always pleasant. What'd you come up with? This was a total team effort. Um, 
we threw around a couple of names and then uh i went back to front uh so the bell center um i i had that and then mason immediately jumped in and said josh bell so as much as i'm tempted to say we went with this hey hey josh does that ring a bell center um we're going to go with josh bell center well that is a great job by both teams the answer was the josh bell center good job guys all right question two in pre and post game Big East Basketball Player of the Year for the 2003-2004 season who would win NBA Rookie of the Year and five-time champion with the Green Bay Packers who would later win NFL Coach of the Year in 1975. We'll check in. Always Pleasant has checked in. Funny Tom Glavin, talk it out. It's uh, Emeka Olka Forrest, Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, Forrest Greg hit me just before they checked in and then, yeah, Emeka Okafor. That works. Go with it. So, yeah, we'll go with uh, Emeka Oka Forest Greg. Always pleasant. What'd you guys say? So, uh, we work back to front again. Uh, I remember this name from a bonus episode that we did because we knew that the last name was Greg and it's not Mackie Greg, um, <laughs> as I found out in that episode. Um, the coach is Forrest Greg. And David came in with the rest of it and it made sense. So, we also checked in with Emeka Oka Forest Greg. Both teams did get points. That was Emeka Okafor's Greg. I think, if I remember right, Emeka Okafor was the number two pick in that draft to the Bobcats, I want to say. I think that was the Dwight Howard Emeka Okafor draft. But, yeah, Emeka Okafor had a pretty decent NBA career for a few years, but not too long in the league. Here's question three in pre- and post-game. 2015 film, which told the story of fictional boxer Billy the Great Hope and one of the two minor league teams to play in the longest baseball game ever. We'll check in. Well, once again, Always Pleasant has checked in first. Let's go over to Fragile Todd Gurley, see what they're thinking. Movie Southpaw. Okay, is it the Pawtucket? Pawtucket Red Sox? Is that what they are? I'm pretty sure. At least they, they, they are now. I don't know if they always were. I mean, you would think they probably were. Oh, 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 oh. I, the um, Rochester played in that game. Rochester Red Wings played in that game. Against the... Pawtucket Red Sox, uh, but but I mean, if it's going to be one of the two, it has to be the Pawtucket. It's going to have to be Pawtucket. But uh, yeah, I I know that Rochester Red Wings played in that game. Okay, go with it. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it, it is the Pawtucket Red Sox now. I mean, I have no idea when this game was, except for I mean, it was within the last 50 years. But I don't think they've changed their name since then. So, um, yeah, let's let's go with South Pawtucket Red Sox. Always pleasant. You guys checked in first. What'd you come up with? Yeah, we, th- we had the exact same thing. It was South Pawtucket Red Sox. And the only reason I knew this right off is because I used to live 10 minutes away from Pawtucket when I lived in Providence. Um, the Pawtucket Red Sox have since moved to Worcester, but this was a famous game. I had a, I had a commemorative sports cup from this game. I wasn't at the game, but they used to sell sodas in, in commemorative sports cups commemorating this game. And I think Wade Boggs, in fact, played in this game. Uh, if I remember right, that was about the era. But anyway, yeah, South Pawtucket Red Sox. I believe Wade Boggs did play in that game, but both teams are getting points. It is the South Pawtucket Red Sox. All right, question four in pre and post game. Second all-time in Cleveland Cavaliers scoring and Hall of Fame boxing trainer who trained Floyd Patterson, among others. I'm glad I got you on my team for this one, Josh, because I don't want to pay the royalties for what's eventually going to come out of this. I think <laughs> there's a part of me that just wants to check in. Cause I want to, I want to see the carnage. 
and watch them talk this out. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be pleasant. I'm supposed to be pleasant. That's Darn right. it. Darn. No, it's pleasant when we don't know something. We oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We don't have to be pleasant otherwise. We can... That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you know this one then, guys? I'm saying that I'm saying we, we threw out a, 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 enough names on each side that, that we could find one that almost connects. You guys know multiple boxing trainers? I, I can name three. Jeez. I say we just ch- I say we just check in and make yeah, them check. Do. We check in. We're checked uh, in. Oh, right. my. All right. Fragile Todd girliest. <laughs> checked in first. We're going to be funny man. Tom Green now. Funny man. Tom Green. Funny man. Tom Green. OK. Funny man. Tom Green is checked in first. Always pleasant. You guys get to talk it out here. All right. So full disclosure, I can only name about three boxing trainers. Mason throughout. We sort of assume LeBron is number one all time for but it's got he's got to be so. So I threw out I threw out four names of guys I think could be close to second or maybe our second. And I mean Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Zadrunas Ogalskis, Austin Carr, because he was a big guy back in when they first started. But the only name that we have that connects to that is Right, right. So then I, I started to think of anybody that I could think of that were boxing trainers. I, I looked at this list not that long ago, just trying to literally trying to think of anything. And I had like Angelo Dundee was a big name, I think. Um, and then there was this name that just jumped out at me and it was, I thought his name was Gus <laughs> and his last name was D'Amato. So, all right, Mason, go <laughs> tell them what we were thinking, because at this point, we're not going to get much better than that. So, so if this is what it is, um, we'll hope for the best, but we're going to check in with Zadrunas Ilgaus Gus D'Amato. Uh, funny man, Tom Green. What'd you guys say? I don't know any boxing trainers. Um, those two <laughs> sounded great. Sure. So uh, yeah. we we just went with uh, Mark Price Waterhouse Cooper. Um, <laughs> we're gonna test the limits of how pleasant always pleasant is gonna be because they got awfully close there but didn't quite get there. Oh, Zadrunas Elgas Cuss is the uh, second leading scorer all time in Cleveland Cavaliers history, but the trainer of Floyd Patterson and probably more notably Mike Tyson was Cuss D'Amato. It is Zadrunas Elgas Cuss D'Amato. Oh. Wow. Dang. Well, well, always pleasant. We were really close, Mason. Good job. <laughs> so close. Josh, do you want to do the, the honors on that? <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. That, that feels good. Thanks. Hey, the fact that we got that close to That it, was an awesome try, guys. The fact that you knew anybody's last name of a trainer, let That's, alone. That, even... was, that was David. I had no idea. I just came up with random Cavs players and hope for the best. And you know what? I wouldn't have raised, I wouldn't have raised a stink if he gave you the points, but he didn't. So life goes on. All right. Well, I, I can't have a perfect game on my watch. So <laughs> uh, fair it's enough. It's an error at first. But. Anyway. Um, so after the uh, first quarter, we have a score of uh, funny man, Tom green, 75 points and always pleasant 85 points. Today's second quarter, you have a David hosting, you have a David playing. It's going to be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. All right, so the first pair of questions in uh, David versus Goliath today will be in the Southeastern Conference. 
Here's the David question. Question one, of the original 10 members who still remain in the SEC, name the only school which has never won a conference championship in football. Here's the Goliath question. Of the original 10 members still remaining in the SEC, name the only school which has never won a regular season conference championship in men's basketball. All right, we'll check in. All right, Fragile Todd Gurley checked in. And let's go to Always Pleasant, see what they're thinking. All right, well, I, the first thing I asked Mason to do was, because he's in SEC country, uh, was name, name, name the original 10. And, and then we decided to just sort of play the process of elimination game. So we started with Florida, Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. And between us, we can get down memories of everybody winning except Georgia and Ole Miss. And that's where we got called on. But I think it is way more likely that Georgia won than Ole Miss. And that's just based on, I don't know what, my first thing that I said to Mason was, is it possible that Georgia won a regular season basketball title when Dominique Wilkins was there? Um, But I just, I can't remember a time that Ole Miss was good. Yeah, they had Uh, some like decent years, but I don't, I I can't think of, it, it would definitely be, you know, if they did, it would the 80s maybe that they maybe uh but see the 80s is when i was paying attention the most and and let me ask you this mason we went straight to the goliath i didn't even think about the david do you is there an obvious david to you because i would say if there's not an obvious david then i would say we might as well just guess Uh, all this i can i can i can maybe get you there um so florida did georgia did lsu did alabama did auburn did tennessee did Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Vanderbilt? I think I, Kentucky. I, I, I think Kentucky did. Vanderbilt. Uh, Mississippi, yeah. Mississippi State and Ole Miss are kind of. They've had some really good years. I feel like. I don't know if I, I feel like we've got to take a chance on the Goliath because I feel like there's more. All right, all right, you're right. So if we're going to take a chance, anyway, might as well take a chance on Goliath. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm thinking, right, no, I just I think we have. I, I think we have more solid on that. I can maybe get you down to three for that, but I. So then I, I vote, I vote we years, go, but... I vote we go old Miss, Ole Miss. Or Goliath. Yeah, I yeah. do. I, I do. I'm, I'm leaning that way of what we got left, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. We got, we got some light leans towards Ole Miss, so we're going to check in with that. Let's go over to uh, fastballer Tom Glavin. I, I immediately discounted most of them. I had Arkansas in there and Josh had to remind me that, no, they were uh, SWC before they were in the SEC. Um, and, but they had, yeah, but we had them winning it too. So, it, I mean, <laughs> um, I couldn't remember Ole Miss winning. I couldn't remember Mississippi state winning. Um, Josh thinks that they may have done it in the early 2000s. Yeah, they had, they had a pretty good team somewhere in that early 2000s. Georgia won um, like early, early, early 90s um, with, with not a star-studded team at all. I think um, Laterial Green was like one of the only guys on that team. But um, so we also went with Ole Miss for the Goliath. Well, both teams uh, went right to the Goliath answer. Uh, Dan was right. Georgia has won one championship in basketball in 1990. Mississippi State has won six times. Basically, every former and past member has won at least one SEC conference championship, including some that are still no longer in the conference, like Tulane and Georgia Tech. But Ole Miss has never won a basketball championship Mm -hmm. in the SEC. Great job. 
And uh, the David answer, which uh, I don't know, you, I don't really know if the teams were even talking this one out, but it was Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt has yeah. never won a conference yeah. championship. That was yeah. uh, that was the where we I threw that one out quick, and Dan I think was pretty much on that same level. But uh, then we were then we made our way to basketball. So, All right, well, great job. All right, so question two, the second pair of questions in David versus Goliath will be in the category of the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Question two, (laughs) David, the Minnesota Vikings have won 21 playoff games in the Super Bowl era. Which NFC West team have they defeated five times in the playoffs, the most wins against any team? Your Goliath question, the Pittsburgh Steelers have won 36 playoff games in the Super Bowl era. Which team have they defeated five times? The most wins against any team. We'll, we'll check, check in. in then. All right. Fragile Todd Gurley has checked in. Uh, always pleasant. Uh, why don't you guys talk it out? I don't, I don't really have a beat on... on, on it, once I, the way I play this is that once I realize I don't have a beat on David, I figure I might as well go for Goliath. <laughs> so we know I mean, these, I, guys are, yeah. these guys are going to have an absolute beat on David. We know that for sure. I mean, for, for David, it's a, it's a 50-50 shot. It's got to be the Rams or 49ers. It's not really much of an option right. otherwise. And I, I, if, right. if you made me pick, I would go probably Rams, but I, I doesn't even Right, and since, it, since so. we were sort of down to coin flips anyway, we, we've thrown around just about every stalwart AFC team we talked about somebody like the Pats, but what I was saying to Mason is that like they didn't really make the playoffs much until 2000. And then once they made it, they never lost. So it's right. not going to be somebody like the, the Pats. And then, and then I was sort of saying because of the way the playoffs used to be structured, it's not likely to be somebody from the same division. So it's not likely to be the Oilers slash Titans because they used to play in the same division. It's not likely to be the Ravens slash Browns. Um, and then we were trying to think of who's sort of consistently good enough. And we started to, throw around teams like the Raiders who we know they ran into a couple the Steelers ran into a couple of times. We talked about the Dolphins, but I think the one that we've sort of started to settle on was the Colts. And then when David told us during our sort of thinking time that he means franchise, I know the Colts were consistently pretty good-ish. I know they ran into them a couple of times in their, in their steel curtain days, pretty sure. And then you have and the, then, the Manning Roethlisberger, the, the Manning Roethlisberger thing. So I, Mason, I, I, I now that I've talked it out loud with our full thinking over the last five minutes, I feel like I'm talking myself into the Colts, but I'll let, uh, what do you think? I mean, I I'm fine with that. I, I mean, if, if we have it kind of narrowed down and I'm, I'm fine with taking the chance on, I, I of the options that we've come up with. I like the Colts. Right. And given that. again, that we don't really have a strong feeling about David. Right. It's it, not it like David, well t- David's not a slam dunk, right? You agree. Regardless. Right. I, like I said, I would, I would lean Rams, but that's, that's a, a gut more than anything else if he had maybe picked between two so i'm fine with you know going for the the better expected value here right better expected value good well said i like it all right how about it we'll check in with the colts yeah yeah okay check in with the colts todd Gurley, what'd you guys say yeah well you know we were trying to think about the goliath but you know we had come up with like the broncos the raiders and then Towards if we had to Colts. go with one, I, I think I would have said Broncos if we were had to go with one. But I might uh, have I might have gone like as soon as they asked the clarifying question, it made me think of the Colts. And then yeah. if you think about the 70s and then the long stretch of the you know Manning, but that makes sense. But I, I was at the point where I wasn't gonna be able to pick one over the other. Right. So we went David and we said the Rams. Well, the David answer was the Rams. The Vikings have defeated the Rams five times in the playoffs. 
where the Steelers question, this is a team that the Steelers defeated twice in the seventies, twice in the nineties. And then most recently, and I believe 2005, when Ben Roethlisberger made a pretty big tackle, it was the Colts. So good job to both teams. That was uh, an educated guess. <laughs> more, maybe more guess than educated. All right. So should we, can we be a fashionista Tim Gunn now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The third pair of questions will be in the category of the 2020 NBA bubble. So the David question, perhaps a preview of their success the following year. This Western Conference team, despite not making the playoffs in the bubble, went 8-0, the only undefeated team. Your Goliath question. This Eastern Conference team, which was the only Eastern Conference team to fail to make the playoffs of the nine invited to the bubble, had the worst record of any team in the bubble at 1-7. and seven. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then you that know leaves... what, Mason, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll the dice. That's them. 10, that's, 11, it. I, I that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Leaves. All right. This because I, I can recall them being there. That's it. Because cool. the last one had to be this. Right. It, exactly. it sounds familiar. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. We'll check We're in. checking in. We're checking. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the skin of their teeth. Fashionista Tim Gunn checked in first. Always pleasant. I think checked in second. But there was a eureka moment from both teams at like the same time. I'm interested to see what you guys said. I don't know if it was a eureka moment for us as much as we didn't want to be left talking about this one, and we heard them about to check in, so we were panicking. But, um, yeah, go ahead, Mason. This was all you. Please. Yeah, so I just had to – I was basically going through all of the uh, the teams I could remember there, and we basically came up with what we think were the matchups, and that only left the team that I initially thought of right off the bat because I remember them kind of being there, but I couldn't remember for sure if they snuck in or not. Um, but – Basically, we crossed elimination. We got down to the the Wizards being the Eastern Conference team that didn't make it in. So we checked in Goliath Wizards. Okay, so always pleasant checking in with the Wizards. Uh, let's go to uh, Todd Gurley. What'd you guys say? Footballer um, Tony Gonzalez. Oh, my mistake. Um, is um, went through basically every team in the Eastern Conference. We knew all. We we figured out all four of the matchups, and. Um, we started going through the teams that didn't make it. And then we had like two left that we couldn't remember if they were there or not. And then we got down to the wizards and I had a memory of them being in the bubble. So we also said the wizards for Goliath. Well, that's why they're bench warmers for a reason and experts. They both get honed in on the wizards and they are both, both teams are right. Good job. Yeah. The magic were the eight seed in the playoffs. The wizard, the wizards were the only other Eastern team invited and they did not make the playoffs. And I'm assuming you guys probably both knew the David, if you want to just, one of you wants to the shout Suns. out. Yeah. It was the Phoenix suns. Yep. I knew the worst record was the Pelicans in the bubble for the Western. <laughs> I knew that for sure. I think and there were quite a few more. The most. There were more Western. I think there was quite a few Western teams that were invited because it was yeah, yeah. like all of them, but one that I can think of. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're close enough. We'll let you in. Uh, there is basketball in Minnesota. Golden Gophers? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So after the second quarter, we have a score of uh, footballer Tony Gonzalez, 200 points. And always pleasant when we don't know something, 235 points. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. 
question one halftime. In the category of breakfast cereals, I'm sure you've all heard of Flutie Flakes, but which retired NHL goaltender and record holder for most wins by a US-born, goal, U.S.-born goalie started his own cereal, Kick Save Crunch, in 2010? We'll check in. All right. Always pleasant is checked in. Uh, Fragile Todd Gurley. I think it's, it's Ryan Miller, I think. That sounds right. I'm, that 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 name just jumps out at me as I, I'm pretty sure that that's right. I think I think I've seen that. So yeah, yeah. Not about the kick save crunch, but about him being the most wins for a U.S. born right goalie. All right, so fight, fighting Tommy Gunn will check in with uh, with Ryan Miller. All right, Rocky Five Zone fighting Tommy Gunn checking in with Ryan Miller. Let's go to Always Pleasant. We check in with the same Ryan Miller. And both teams getting points. The answer was Ryan Miller. All right. Question two in halftime. Hoop Dreams is perhaps the finest sports documentary ever made. In the film, William Gates, one of the two young Chicago basketball stars the film follows for five years through middle to then high school, eventually commits to which Division I university in a neighboring Midwestern state? We'll check in. All right. Always pleasant checking in. I think it might be Marquette neighboring I've, states. Yeah. I've looked at, be. I've looked at this one for possible questions and I haven't come up with one, but I was looking at this one, not that long ago. Um, and then I was reminiscing about having watched it and it's really kind of a sad movie. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Marquette I, sounds I, good. I think it was Marquette. All right. Yeah. Let's go with that then. All right. We'll check in with Marquette. All right, Todd Gurley checking in with Marquette. Uh, always pleasant. What you guys have? We also had Marquette, and I agree it was a very sad movie. I remember reading something not that long ago that that uh, I think it was Wayne Gates' brother, who was who was prominently featured in the movie. I think he was he was killed or something, and it was right before it was right around nine eleven. Uh, maybe it was the day before or something like that. There was some weird weird twist but yeah we had marquette sorry i didn't mean to be a debbie downer hey david thanks for making an already sad film even more sad yeah. <laughs> apologize we appreciate apologize. that <laughs> well i will add on to the tragedy in the film because i do believe arthur Agee's father actually sort of was the reclamation project after the film and he passed away too so that's kind of been a little bit of tragedy surrounding that film but uh both teams did get points here it was marquette university for william gates so good job all right, question three in the halftime round. Uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly in the news right now, but uh, athletes other than Aaron Rodgers have a history of hosting game shows. Rolf Bernischka, a retired Chargers place kicker and still fourth all-time in team scoring, was named the host for the daytime version of which game show for one season in 1989? We'll check in. Check in. <laughs> All right, always pleasant. Insta Jeez. answer. I have a halftime game show round that I wrote, and uh, I had extra uh, questions. I remember that. I was, you get that posted. Just yeah. And I was, I was listening to did it. I asked you whether you were going to ask him. Yes. Because, yeah, you were sitting in on that uh, fast break game. Yeah. We had that. We had a conversation about it. So, yes, yes. That's, that's why I, 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 that. I got to see that name. Yeah. I'm going to not ring a bell. Rolf Bernischke. That is not who. That is not a name I know. He's a Chargers place kicker and game show host. Apparently, apparently not a very good one. But this is this is going to need to be pick a game show. Now it was the the 
he did say it was the daytime version. So that leads me to think Wheel of Fortune because I know Wheel of Fortune used to have a day. I know they this. Did. I know this because I was on a daytime episode of Wheel of Fortune when I was in high school with my mother for a special Mother's Day week. Wheel of Fortune, and the was reason why was it in nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, no. Uh, Bob Gowen was the host. Oh. Uh, when uh, when my mom and I were on, and you'll believe me that I was on it because when I tell you we won absolutely nothing. That you know what it's it's easy to be really good, and then when you go on the show, you're up against other people who are really good at Wheel of Fortune. I mean, just like I'm assuming Jeopardy, right? Like you're yeah. like, oh, I'm really good at this stuff, and then so are the other people who are competing, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, except there's a huge element of luck on Wheel. So of I don't know if there was any others that had a daytime and an evening, okay. but I know Wheel of Fortune. Did. We know that one did, so let's let's do it. All right, we're gonna check in with the show I've been on, Wheel of Fortune. All right, Todd Gurley checking in with Wheel of Fortune. Uh, always pleasant. Seem to know this one immediately. What'd you guys have? He was there for one season. I think this is right after that is when the current host took over. He took over not too long after that. And then also the other stuff that he's done. Um, but we checked in with Wheel of Fortune. And I, I remember actually Rolf Benershka as a kicker for the Chargers. He had some, I can't remember, he had some kind of an intestinal issue where where he had several surgeries and they were so worried about him making contact that he was the guy who would, I, I'm almost positive it was Rolf Benershka. He would kick off and then he would sprint off the field. He would sort of turn 90 degrees and just sprint off the field. So he left the other 10 guys to sort of make the play. So anyway, yeah. Oh, that's excellent flavor text there by uh, David there. That was, uh, he did had Crohn's disease or colitis or something like that. Multiple surgeries. I think he almost died actually at one point, but he came back to kick. And he also hosted Wheel of Fortune for one season. I think prior to Bob Gowen taking over, uh, that was the one year that uh, Pat Sajak had his late night talk show. And so he stopped doing the daytime version. This is the year that I was on. I'm pointing at my hat that has 1991. So it was two years after that. I was was on with my mother. So yes, I've been on a real game show. It's probably more fun if you win things. Did you get a consolation prize or no? Oh, we did. We got this really expensive clock. Did you get lead nobody, press on nails? That didn't work and nobody would fix it because apparently it they were worried that they would break it. And I mean it's uh like apparently it's worth some hundreds of dollars. I have no idea. Was I mean, this the I era when school was this? Do you think I knew I do you think I cared about winning a clock? That, was by this the still way, the we era had to pay taxes on. <laughs> was this still the era of Wheel of Fortune, Josh, where you had to shop on the show yeah. in real no, time no no well, the no bernishka was, era was, was for sure oh the, oh, the bernishka okay not, yeah, not i saw a clip of 91 yeah. no there wasn't that no yeah. okay, it, okay. It, was, it was just woolery and and then when it got to yeah chuck woolery yep yeah two and two all right so after halftime we have a score of uh fragile todd Gurley, 275 points but always pleasant maintaining their lead 310 points and since this was halftime i think we kind of need to be uh freebird terry gordy right now because mm. uh you want to yeah. say that again with Freebird terry gordy no 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 that's <laughs> just frantically googling uh tg initials all game and no, adjectives... I know he's off the top of my he's, head what are you talking about he's actually frantically trying google excuse me <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> there you go <laughs> 
Dan has a whole like wing of the mind palace that's all for FTGs. Just saying. Jeez. I do now. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna break ground on it next week. <laughs> Come for the ribbon cutting. It's the FG, FTG Hall of Fame. That's yeah. right. Well, that, th- those would be two different things. Oh, okay. The FTG <laughs> Hall of Fame is is quickly quickly filling up. Yes. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep giving uh, more people. I keep inducting people in left and right, apparently, lately. <laughs> All right, on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one in the missing link. Who was the first golfer to be named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year? All right, we'll check in. All right, always pleasant checking in. Uh, FTG, what do you guys have? I just, just a feeling, just an inkling on this one that it's probably going to be one of the the big three from back then, from way in, like in the 60s, Palmer player and Nicholas. And I think Nicholas kind of came on after Palmer. Yeah, did. I, I, I... I was thinking that when I, because I sent over Nicholas and Palmer to you, but Palmer probably does make the most sense. Palmer probably got it first, but then was eclipsed later on. So I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Let's go with Arnold Palmer. All right, FTG tacking in with Arnold Palmer. Always pleasant. What'd you guys say? Same thing. Arnold Palmer. Okay, and both teams getting points. The answer was Arnold Palmer. There are two other golfers who won this award in the 60s, if you want to just Take a random guess at that. Neither of them were the golfers that Dan's mentioned, though. So Wait, so what was the era that you said? In the 60s, there were two other golfers who won uh, Sportsman of the Year, but neither were uh, Nicholas or Player. So I'm pretty sure Lee, I, uh, no. No, he'd be, so I'm pretty sure Lee Trevino was on the list, but he would yes. have been... He, That's is one. he one of them? Mm-hmm. And so the other one is the that... the 70s, though. Yeah, he would have been early 70s, probably, but, but you said 60s. Um, yeah, Trevino he, won in the 60s. Trevino's one of the two. So the other one that I could think of is that guy who was the um, the commentator, right? Not Jesse Ventura. Wait, Ken, no, it's something. Ventura. Well, it was Ken Jesse Ventura. Ventura. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> and the body Venturi. Yeah. Ken it. Venturi. Yeah. Ken Venturi. Yes, yes. Thank yeah, you. No. Sorry. I, yeah. Those are the two. All right. Question two in the missing link. This athlete holds the record for most X Games gold medals. To clarify, this is summer or winter. Not that that's really going to change anything, but it's summer or winter. That total gold medal. Yes, let's go with what you said last, because I honestly okay. don't know. Okay, Wait, we'll check in. It's always pleasant checked in? Sh- sure. Yeah. Okay, they are. I nudge them to check in there. That's fine. All right, fantastic. Tony Gwynn, what'd you guys say? 
Oh, see, we were going to be the franchise Tony Gwynn, but fantastic mm. Tony Gwynn works. Either of those work. Well. They're they're both apt descriptors. We we were having a tough discussion between Dave Mira and um, Sean White, both yeah. of them dominant on their own side of the seasons. Um, I think when it comes down to it, Josh made a great point that Mira probably had less competition. So we are going to check in with Mira. All right, FTG checking in with Dave Mira. Let's head over to Always Pleasant. We had we had so much insight on our side. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a long, thoughtful discussion uh, where we mentioned Sean White and Tony Hawk, and we stopped right there. And uh, I just went with the first one, so we checked in with Sean White, and that's about it. Well, the key to this question is that the athlete in question won two gold medals in the summer X Games as well as the Winter X Games. It is Sean White. Sean White won I didn't, 13 I, gold medals for snowboarding, two in skateboarding. I didn't think that he would have necessarily won a summer one for skateboarding. So that's where I was like, and then, ugh. do you know offhand how many Mira has won? I don't. I'm just, I'm just, obviously, it's less than 15, but shoot. Anyway, the theme-linked answers thus far are Arnold Palmer and Sean White. On to question three in the missing link. Since 2004... This tennis player is the only one other than the big three of Nadal, Federer, and Jokovic to be the year-end ATP number one men's player of the year. Doesn't it have to be? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Right, should we check I, I that say, in? I, I say we check that in. All right, we're going to check in. All right, FTG checked in. Always pleasant. So my first thought was Andy Murray. Andy Murray makes sense because there was that year that he... It was a few years ago, right? He had yeah, a... it would have been... It would have been... Would have been... 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Right. Yeah, and he had that year. He's the only, and he, and he, and he, and he won Wimbledon in there somewhere. I think he won the U.S. Open. It's got to be Andy Murray. I mean, I can't think of who else it would be. It's always like the big three plus one, right? <laughs> in the last 20 years. Yeah. I, I, I'm comfortable with Andy Murray if you want to go okay. with that. Okay. We'll check out right. Andy Murray. All right. Always pleasant is checked in with Andy Murray, FTG. It's the only one that made sense to me as well. Uh, we also checked in with Andy Murray. Okay, and both teams are getting points. The answer was Andy Murray. The theme-linked answers thus far are Arnold Palmer, Sean White, and Andy Murray. Question four. He holds the record for most combined championships in the NBA as both a player and coach. We will check in. All right, always pleasant is checked in. Fragile Todd Gurley, what do you guys have? Because you, you said Jackson has 13 between playing and coaching. Yeah. Right. Although, that's who we're going with, right? I, I think so. I think it has to be. The only thing that popped in my head that could be, because I was trying to think of both, is there a coach who's won more just as a coach? Did Auerbach win more than 13? But mm. we already had our answer, right? Did I mean, we, we do hadn't our answer? checked it in, but we hadn't checked it in. We hadn't checked in yet. Oh, that's the only other thought I have is, did he have more than 13 with the Celtics as coach? I don't think so. Did he become an executive after? I don't know. Yeah, I think Jackson's the right answer, right? I I'm just trying to come up with any other names that made sense because I think Bill Russell had like 11, I think. We're going to check in with um, Phil Jackson. Forgetful Todd Gurley checked in with uh, Phil Jackson. <laughs> Let's uh, see what Always Pleasant had there. Yeah, uh, the first thing I, I sent over was Phil Jackson, and David sent it to me before I could send it to him. But, yeah, he won 11 as a coach and two as a player, and I couldn't think of anybody else that, that won more than 13. So uh, checked in with Phil Jackson as well. 
yeah, Mason was right on the money there with the count. It was uh, 13 combined championships, 11 it's, as a coach, um, two as a player. It was Phil Jackson, both teams getting points. So your theme-linked answers thus far are Arnold Palmer, Sean White, Andy Murray, and Phil Jackson. All right, question five in the missing link. Named to the all-AAC rookie team as a freshman, the ACC second team as a sophomore, this Louisville Cardinal was selected 16th overall by the Celtics in 2015 and averaged 20 points per game for the first time in his career in 2020 for a different Eastern Conference team. All right, we will check in. Pleasant has checked in. Let's go to Fragile Todd Gurley. What would you guys say? That's uh, I think I think that's Terry Rozier, Rozier. Okay, I mean it it fits the theme uh, and it fits everything. So I'm, I think that's I think that's it. All right. So we'll we'll go with Terry Rozier. All right, Dan and FTG checking in with Terry Rozier. Let's head over to Always Pleasant. We had the same thing. Uh, we're just trying to think of Louisville Cardinals of that time and working a little bit from what we think we know the theme and trying to work backwards from that. So yeah, Terry Rozier. Okay, and both teams once again getting points. The answer was Terry Rozier. All right, so the theme-linked answers for the Missing Link round are Arnold Palmer, Sean White, Andy Murray, Phil Jackson, and Terry Rozier. And both teams uh, throughout that round checked in with uh, theme guesses. Always Pleasant checked in first. Always Pleasant, you want to say your uh, theme guess? Yeah, uh, I picked up on this actually after two. Um, I For some reason... Palmer and White just automatically clicked for me. I thought it was going to be more specific that it was in a specific decade, um, but the third one kind of led us into something more general. So we just checked in with these were the last names of Heisman winners. Okay, and FTG, you guys checked in as well? Heisman winners. Yep. And both teams were correct on their uh, theme guests. All five athletes shared their surnames with Heisman Trophy winners. Arnold and Carson Palmer, Sean and Jason White, Andy and Kyler Murray, Phil and Lamar Jackson and Terry and Mike Rozier. Good job to both teams. This could have also been Sean and Charles White, or is that what you said? Because there are two whites who have won Heisman. Too. Is it? Well, I say Jason White because that was a travesty Jason. of Heisman. He did Lamar Jackson. You mentioned Bo Jackson. We were talking in the discussion. Uh, yeah, oh, it's mentioned yeah, Bo. Yeah. yeah, Bo Jackson, two Jacksons, we were, two we Whites. Were, I was. We were slightly concerned it might have been like last name shared by Heisman winners, but oh. then we couldn't think of anything for Paul yeah, yeah. Murray. So right. It kind of led us off of that hope. So after the third quarter, we have a score of uh, Fragile Todd Gurley with 405 points. And then the missing link round, Always Pleasant, increased their lead. They have 510 points heading into the final. That brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. All right, your categories for the fourth quarter. Question one, uh, full house. Question about stadiums. Question two, family matters. Question about baseball. Question three, dinosaurs. A question about pro basketball. And question four, perfect strangers. A question about college basketball. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in the fourth quarter, your category is full house. Michigan Stadium, or the big house, is the largest stadium in the United States. The largest crowd in the stadium's history occurred in September 2013, when over 115,000 witnessed Michigan defeat this team 41 to 30. David, we will check in. Okay, always pleasant is checked in. Let's go to Fragile Todd Gurley. 
Okay, so um, first of all, we're now named after uh, legendary Minnesota Timberwolves forward Tom Gugliotta. So this has to be a huge legendary team for that draw. I mean, they they didn't beat Bowling Green in front of 115,000. And if it's going to be a Big Ten opponent, it's not going to be in September, especially not MSU or OSU. So we're pretty positive this has to be Notre Dame. So we check, uh, are going to check in with Notre Dame. For 100 points. For 100 points. So forward Tom Gugliotta has checked in with Notre Dame for 100 points. Always pleasant. What would you guys say? Yeah, we had had the exact same uh, thought process. Um, I have a lot of family members who went to Michigan and and, and absolutely, because it was September, it couldn't be Michigan State. It couldn't be Ohio State, right? It was, occasionally, they could have a Big Ten game then. But even then, if it's not Michigan State or Ohio State, they're not going to have that kind of draw. So we went, in, we went 100 points, Notre Dame. All right. Well, we're going to be all square because both teams got it right after question one. It was Notre Dame. Good job, guys. Question two in the fourth quarter is Family Matters. Which team did the 1979 We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates defeat in the National League Championship Series before winning the World Series? It would be over a decade before this team would make it back to the playoffs. Yeah, that's it. We can check that in. Okay, we're checked in. All right, FTG is checked in. Let's go over to Always Pleasant. Yeah, so um, we had a quick chat about this one. I didn't uh, say anything. But- David, David had a quick chat with himself. <laughs> Well, I, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time, and I remember this Pirates team very well. The, the clue that they it took them over a decade to get back to the playoffs um, sort of clinched it for me because in 1990, the Reds won the World Series, and I think they had a hard time in the 80s. Uh, and I am 95% sure it's the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm pretty sure it was a sweep. Um, and then the Pirates that was the world series that they were down three, one, and they came back to beat the Orioles. Uh, it was a great team. And I, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the reds Mason. Are you all right with that? Yeah. I didn't have anything strong. So that's fine. Okay. We'll check in. I don't remember what our wager was, but it's the reds. It was 100 points, 100 points. Fragile Todd Gurley. What'd you guys say? Do you know it's, it's, um, it's fullback Toby Gerhardt now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, but I, that was a, that was a nice answer for me in the former, former game. So yeah, big fan is. Yeah, it was it, it was the Reds um, was, from seventy nine to nineteen ninety when they came and won the World Series. So, yeah, it was absolutely the Reds for one hundred points. Thanks. That, that's your job right now, Josh, is to add that. Hey, I can do that part. I, I always forget it. Sorry, you get the answers. I'll give the wagers. That works. Well, both teams checked in with the Cincinnati Reds, and both teams are correct. They uh, they did uh, lose to the Pirates there in the 1979 NLCS. In 1990, they would beat the Pirates in the NLCS to go back to the World Series where they would beat the Oakland A's. But both teams right for 100 points. Um, and a score update after uh, two of the four uh, fourth quarter questions. We're still at the same margin. It is uh, always pleasant with 710 points and uh, Fragile Todd Gurley, 605 points. So question three, your category is dinosaurs. While not surprising that Vince Carter was the Toronto Raptors' first all-star selection in 1999, the following season, Carter was joined as an all-star by which other Raptor? This power forward from the University of Texas, El Paso. We will check in. All right, Always Pleasant has checked in. Let's head over to FTG. Um, when I heard UTEP, I thought, yeah, 
it's it's got to be it's um antonio davis that would be um frustrated tulsi gabbard by the way um <laughs> is the name right now all right frustrated tulsi gabbard checking one, in with for one one hundred points. Points. checking in with a uh, hundred points on antonio davis always pleasant what'd you guys have uh we also had antonio davis uh yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I was a little bit confused for a second, but UTEP clinched it. How many points? We had 25. Oh, sorry. 25 points. Sorry. All right. So for 25 points. Well, both teams are going to be getting points. The answer to question three, California native, but UTEP alum, Antonio Davis. Okay, so after three questions in the fourth quarter, the game's gotten a lot tighter. It is always pleasant with 735, but uh, fragile Todd Gurley is caught all the way up to 705 points, only trailing by 30 points heading into the last question. Question four in the fourth quarter in perfect strangers. Gonzaga lost in the 2020 NCAA tournament finals after a perfect regular season. Which team in 2013 lost in the second round of the tournament following a perfect regular season, the worst NCAA tournament result for an undefeated regular season team in almost 65 years. I think, I think, I think you're right. Let's check it in. Okay. Okay. Fragile Todd Gurley is checked in. Always pleasant. What'd you guys have? So just to clarify, this is the 2014 tournament. And when you yeah. say. It would okay. have happened in 2014. Like the games okay. in the tournament the, would have been played in 2014. Yes. 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 So uh, my, my first thought was this is uh, the Wichita State Shockers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is because I think they were. They were one seed. They were one of those teams. I was trying to remember how far back it went that St. Joseph's was undefeated, I think, coming into the tournament and got the one seed and then lost quickly. Wichita yeah. State, I'm yeah. trying to remember. No, Mason, you had said something earlier about they lost to Kentucky on their they way. Lost to, Kentucky was an eight seed, and it, they, I think, made it all the way to the final four, I want to say. They made it pretty far. That uh, would that, totally make sense. Yeah, that was the was, uh, Fred Van Bleet, Ron Baker, Wichita State teams they were oh i forgot that he was yeah you're totally right i mean wichita wichita state is the kind of team that would go through a season undefeated and then lose quickly in the tournament so that would make all the sense in the world i just just, yeah i remember that as far as like being a big upset just because it was kentucky who's always good they just had an off year that year and they ended up being unless i'm I'm confusing with another year but I'm, i'm pretty sure that's that's the time frame that that happened no, that so, sounds right. I feel like it wouldn't be the only time that Kentucky's done that, where they, where Calipari brings in all these freshmen and then, like they're they're losing throughout the year, but then by the end of the year when they actually have twenty games of college experience, thirty games of college experience, they actually start winning. Uh, I I like Wichita State as an answer. I'm just trying to I'm stalling a little bit because I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else that would that yeah. would be close to that. Okay, let's go with it. Okay, we'll check in Wichita State for one hundred. Uh, fragile Todd Gurley. I'll let uh, Josh give you the answer here, but uh, we are actually um, fast and furious Tyrese Gibson mm. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we made a valiant effort at this. We, we, we pushed as best we could to, to get back we're, in this we're, game. We're frustrated this game. We are frustrated <laughs> this game. Because... Um, uh, we aren't going to gain any points because they wagered the same thing we did with the same answer. So we also checked in with Wichita, Wichita State for 100. Okay, and in the last question of the game, both teams got it right. Both teams got 100 points. It was the Shockers of Wichita State. Great job. 
and the game has come to an end. And here are the final scores. With 805 points, we have, uh, I don't know, frustrated the game. I don't whatever whatever FTG euphemism we're using right now. But- oh, wait, FTG? Oh, okay. okay I get it now. Okay. okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> nice. Well played. And our uh, clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted uh, fancy Tim Gergerich award with 835 points. Uh, they're always pleasant when they don't know something, but they knew almost everything today. If they had just flipped a consonant on a boxing trainer's name, we have always pleasant winning the game. Great job, guys. Who was that? Was, that, that was that a Tim very well-played game, you guys. Gergerich. He was an old pit basketball coach, and then he was an NBA assistant forever. Tim Gergerich. Gergerich. Okay. Yeah, it's like G-R-G-U-R-I-C-H. I, I had to look it up, so we can. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to throw this one out there for you. You get a bonus one. Who? <laughs> uh, I'm assuming he's not an FTG, but we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll. To be determined. I don't know I'm if any gonna, of the people I'm just going to assume probably not. I don't know if any of the people that were honorary team names of ours were. No, no, I don't no, think any of no. them. I don't think any of them truly are FTGs, but they are FTGs, if yes. that makes any they're, sense. They're our FTGs. Yes. Yes, they're not in the FTG Hall of Fame, but they're in our hearts. David, really great game. Really fun game. I liked it uh, a lot. Uh, David and Goliath a couple times nearly nearly killed us because just trying to go through some of those SEC schools, and uh, those were the ones that were sort of the most time-consuming of all of the questions. I think the, I think the game was at the right level. I think he had a good, he had a good span um, for sure, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, for my revenge, since you tortured us so badly, if you ever want to come back and play when I'm hosting, I'm cordially invited. That's, that's my, my pleasure, David. Great job. The, the revenge tour. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, it's always we hard in? writing a game for experts, and this was this was a this. Whoa, I, I, whoa, I, slow I, down now. Slow down. <laughs> right. oh, I mean, easy. Lower your roll. I mean, we've got Dan, yes, and David, yes, yes, and, and Mason, yes, mm. me. You know what? All I can say when it comes to experts is free the Grimes, okay? <laughs> free the Grimes. <laughs> Sorry. That was uh, for you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I had, I mean, there were a few that I couldn't get out there because I just couldn't think of good Fs for them. Um, you know, you, you, had, you had Tipper Gore. I um, fancy had Tipper Gore. Teresa Genzel. Oh, yeah, yeah, with. yeah, yeah. You could have Trey Gowdy. I can think of an F for him, but we didn't <laughs> use that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Topher Grace, the American, wonderful American actor, Topher Grace. Don't know, but anyway. He's fine. Fine, Topher Grace. He's fine. (laughs) Hey, if if you want to plug a a Patreon, Tim Gebbing. The fantastic uh, Tim Gebbing. Friend of the show, Tim Gebbing. (laughs) All dashed, right? Friend of the show. Friend of the show, yes. Anyway. Well, Well, I would say this is a fun time, guys. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. All right. Um, it was uh, great being back on again. I, it's I, I retire from the show and then I become the emeritus, and then all of a sudden I'm back on the show a bunch. So, well, you know, um, you just can't stay away from us. You just can't quit us. I, I can't. I'm, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't quit you guys. <laughs> Uh, so David, thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for being a Patreon supporter. 
Um, thanks for, uh, you know, uh, representing the five-timer club. Um, yeah. The five-timer guys? Five-timer <laughs> guys. Well, it was my pleasure being here. It was a lot of fun to write the game and uh, even more fun listening to you guys work out some of those questions. So, a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Bench Warners Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.